turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to launch off here tonight. We're continuing on the segment about the language of faith. You know, we are to, we as believers, we walk by faith, we live by faith, we receive everything that God's given us by His grace. We receive it through faith. We please God with faith. Well, we need to know the language of faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 13, it says this, We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the language of faith, you're seeing two aspects. First of all, I believe what God says in my heart, and then I speak out of my mouth what I believe in my heart. Okay? This is, the lang- this is, this is how it works. We are to never be moved outward. We're only to be moved inward. Faith does what? It believes in the heart and then speaks out of the mouth. Always. Biblical confession, if you wanted to define biblical confession, it means that we agree with God by saying what he says. Okay? That's biblical confession. It's the Greek word homo logeo. It's we say the same thing. And when you say the same thing as God, it's because you're fully persuaded. It's because you believe that what he said is true and you agree with it, right? So this is what we're talking about. Here's the key though. We have to humble ourselves to say the same thing as God said instead of speaking what we're seeing on the outside, what we might be feeling, right? We have to humble ourselves. We have to, we have to literally go, okay, wait a minute. Am I going to believe what God said? Even though, I mean, we talked about his words. Remember at the beginning of this series, his words are never subject to change. His word is full of life and power. It never, it's, it's, it's forever settled in heaven. It is truth. Oh, this world, they don't like that. They like the doctrine because, see, the whole world system says, I'm my own God, so therefore whatever I think is truth is truth. But that's not true. Truth is not of this world. Truth, truth is the word of God. It's when God speaks. And when God speaks, it's forever settled. He watches over his word to perform it. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. The world system is always going to try to program you to speak what you are perceiving with your senses. Always. That's the way the whole world system is designed. To get you to speak what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're feeling. And oh, it'll look and feel so real. But I'm here to tell you, if the world says this and God says this, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Because... I don't care if you could say, well, wait a minute, pastor, these are the facts. Yeah. And truth will always change facts. Always. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. 
Man, when you come to God, he, he doesn't turn your life upside down. He turns your life right side up, right? So in order to frame your future based on all that we've said, in order to frame your future, number one, you've got to renew and renovate your mind with the word of God. How do I do that? Romans 12, 1 and 2, we, we present our body a living and holy sacrifice. We don't allow the world system to press us into the mold of the world, but we're transformed by the renovation of our minds. So we, to, in order to frame a different future, we have to do what? We have to renew our mind to God's word. What that will do is this will change your mouth. So that now your mouth is releasing the divine law of God, which will now change the direction of your life. Okay? So let me say that again. You renew your mind with the word of God so that you change your mouth. Got to change your words, right? You have to do that. And once you do that, Now you'll start speaking to release the divine law of God, which will literally change your future. That's how it works. Boy, everybody should just be going, man, that's awesome. Because that means means you can change your future. God wants it changed. He wants wants it to just look just like heaven on earth. Right? God has no plans for you to go backwards. He has no plans for you to die prematurely. He has no plans for you to live in pain. He has no plans for your children to be lost. Right? He has no plans for you to decrease in any way. But he has a lot of plans for you to live out the potential that he's placed within you and walk out the purpose and the destiny that he has for you. This is a huge thing. And it all starts, remember, We've lost sense. People just live their life. Christians even, they don't realize there's a connection between what you say and what you have in your life. And there's a total connection. So now let's talk about the righteousness which is of faith. How does it speak? Let's go to Romans chapter 10. And we're going to kind of break this scripture down a little bit tonight. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. You guys doing good tonight? So good to see you. I could tell you guys have come hungry, ready to receive from the Lord. I love it. Me too. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. It says this, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, or in other words, speaks this way. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So it says, what does the righteousness which is of faith say? Then the next thing it tells you is what it doesn't ever say. It doesn't say, I gotta bring Christ down. I need him to come again and heal my body. Right? I need him to physically, oh God, will you please heal me? You know, there's not one scripture in the Bible that says he will heal you. Now, there's hundreds of them that says that he has already healed you. Right? So, so it doesn't say like this. It doesn't, it doesn't say, 
you know, who's going to ascend into heaven to bring Christ down? Doesn't say things like that. Verse 8, but what saith it? In other words, what does the righteousness which is of faith say? So right now you're going to find out what the righteous say. Now who's the righteous? If Jesus is your Lord, you're righteous. He was made to be sin, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right? So that you would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So now what does the righteousness, which is of faith, see how did we become righteous? Because we were all so good? Nope. Because we, we just climbed the highest mountain, we just did enough? No, no, no. We received it by faith or through faith. We simply believed that Jesus was made sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of Almighty God. We believe that he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right? So what does it say? It says this. The word, God's word, is nigh thee. In other words, God's word is near you. Okay? What does that mean? Even, how near is it? I'm so glad you asked. It's even in your mouth... And in your heart, notice, what does faith do? Believes in the heart, God's word, and speaks out of the mouth. So the righteousness which is of faith says this, the word is near thee. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Always. So, so we're starting to get a little bit of a connection here. The language of faith speaks out of the heart. Faith is of the heart. I don't speak out of what I see, what I feel. I speak what God says. And God's word will trump everything and change everything that I see on the outside. It'll change everything. It says here, that is, what is the word of faith which we preach? This is... The word of faith. What? I thought the word of faith was that Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland thing. No, 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 no. That's a God thing. This whole thing is the word of faith. Right? What does that mean? When you preach the word of God, it will produce faith in the hearers. That's all that means. Why do we know that? Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Right? Oh, but yeah, you're just one of those name it, claim it, confess it, possess it people. What? And you're not? Right? Now, there's some, there's some Star Trek name it, claim it people out there. Right? You know, I really want a, I really want a, a, a certain lavender colored Rolls Royce. And I'm just believing God for that. Well, okay. You know? Or, or I go out and I, I buy that 7 Series BMW and I'm leasing it for $1,200 a month, and it's my faith mobile, right up until they take that away because I can't make the payments, right? See, this is, this is we gotta get away from this nonsense. We renew our mind with the word of God. As we delight in him, he gives us the desires of our heart. So now what's happening is I'm driving my faith mobile down the street, I'm always looking at the gauge, to see if I've got some fuel in that. What is that? The love of God. So am I operating in love? 
right? So as I'm, as I'm going down the street, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. I'm seeking first his kingdom. I'm not seeking things on the earth. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not consumed with, man, I need a new wardrobe and I need cars and money and this and, oh, if I could just get that. No, no, no. That, that's not the way you drive your faith mobile. Because if you seek after the, the riches and honor and the long, healthy life, the Bible says it'll flee from you. You're not made to seek things. You're made to seek him. He is everything. So now you seek first the kingdom and you're delighting in him. This is Psalm 37, right? And what you do is you delight in the Lord. And then he starts giving you desires in your heart. See, because the word of God, it comes into your heart as you meditate in it, as you speak it over and over. Actually, the word of God is the will of God. So you could say this, the will of God for your life comes into your heart in the form of his word. The will of God comes out of your heart. Revelation knowledge of the word happens by the Holy Spirit. And now all of a sudden the word of God or the will of God comes out of your heart in the form of desires. So all of a sudden you have this thought while you're seeking God, while you're, you're serving him and you're living for him and, and, all, and you're living with purpose and all this stuff, all of a sudden you have this desire. Man, I want to I, I, I buy a house. And, and you're like, that's awesome. So then while you're still seeking first the kingdom, you're like, okay, Lord, I know it's your will for my life to have a house. But not just any house. And, and this is what I don't do if I walk by faith. I don't call a bank and find out what I could qualify for. Because if you're being led by money, you're not being led by the Spirit of God. So, so the first thing you do is you just, you keep your eyes on him and you're walking through life. And all of a sudden you're driving around or you see something or you run into somebody, you're in a neighborhood, you look at a model home, you drive by a house and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this really, this, this, this is connecting with me. When we walked in this building, you would have laughed. So we had bright yellow pews with, was it yellow shag carpeting? And the, the, this was flat and it had this gigantic podium up here, and there was an organ pit right here and, and where, where people could speak. And if you ever look at the ceiling, it's hard to see it with all the lights, but it has all these angles in it because it's designed to speak to 300 and some people with no microphone. And, and so you had this podium where a couple people could speak, and the ceiling was as blue as the, as the walls, so it kind of gave you a sense like you were out in space, and then you had two Star Trek looking chairs behind this podium. The whole, the whole building was turquoise blue. The carpet, the frames around the windows. If you were a Miami Dolphin fan, you would have loved it. All you need is an orange shirt and you're in, you know? And, and, and so we walked in this building. And, and I looked at Jeanette and I'm like, wow, what are these people doing in our building? They built this building in 1965 for us. We had looked at all kinds of buildings and I'd pull in the parking lot. Every, people would be excited about it. I'd pull in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, this isn't it. Why is that? See, it has to connect. We would tell, we told our church from 2007 when we started, we're like, listen, we, and the Lord told me we own lands and buildings. 
So we're just like, listen, we own them already. We just got to find out where they are and then we'll possess them with the faith of God. It's the way it works. We still have a mortgage on this building, but guess what? We already own all the money to pay off the building, right? We're raising money for a new HVAC system because ours is 50 some years old, right? Guess what? We're raising money, but guess what? We already own money. We already own it. We're just laying hold of it with our faith. It's the way it is in your life. All of a sudden you see this house and you come to a point where you're like, wow, this is the one. So then father, I just thank you right now. I just, I just received that house in Jesus name. And then you go on keeping your eyes on the Lord. You don't, you don't sit there and, you know, think about it and focus on it every minute of every day. No, no. Cause that's not how you get it. And see, then what happens is everything in your life, you live like this. This is the way we live in our family. Everything that we own is subject to be done with whatever he wants to do with it. Right? Because we, I mean, this is why we're here. We're, it's the blessing of Abraham. Gosh, the blessing of Abraham, what does it do? Well, it, it brings you into a full and overflowing supply, Right? Then it'll increase your influence. Why? So that you could be a blessing. We're here to be light. So we don't get caught up. Why do we see, why do we learn this faith stuff? I don't learn this faith stuff so that I could get things. No, I learned this faith stuff because I want to please him. Because man, I was lost. And I was bound. And now I'm free. Right? And he's given me everything that pertains to life. This is how it works. This is why you're single and want to be married. You're looking at what college to go to. You're looking at where to, where to, where to work, where to live, all this stuff. Listen, if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. They're already your paths. They were already set up before you ever showed up. And they're designed to turn you on more than anything ever could because you're to walk out every desire of your heart. And that's why we learn these principles. It's so, so very important. So the righteousness, which is a faith, it says the word is near me. It's even in my what? In my mouth and in my heart. So now we, we look, as we keep going with this, if you just hold your finger here, actually don't go, I'll just, I'll just read it, they'll put it up on the screen. Proverbs 16.23 gives us the picture of what we're talking about. The language of faith. Proverbs 16.23 says this, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. So how do I speak? I speak out of my heart. I don't speak out of my emotions. I don't speak out of what I'm seeing. Now that'll tilt you a little bit because man, you want, you know, many times it's like, man, I just, you know, I just, I just want to talk, Right? So Romans chapter 10, verse 10 now. Let's jump. Jump over verse 9, go to 10. It says, for with the heart, man believes. So now it's telling us how this works. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, 
confession is made unto salvation. So with the heart, man believes, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation, you could say confession is made unto healing, unto wholeness, unto provision and prosperity, right? You could fill that in because that's all the word salvation. With the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, so now we're going to look at an example. So it's still talking about the same thing. How does the righteousness, which is a faith, how does it talk? Now it's going to explain it so that we can understand it. It says, for whosoever, verse 13, shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in other words, whoever speaks, whoever calls is saved. Whoever speaks gets the result. But then it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? The answer to that question is you can't. So in other words, you have to believe something before you can speak something before you'll see the result of it. Does that make sense? So in other words, you could try to change your speech. Good luck with that. But you got to go a little deeper. So far we see you got to change what you believe. But then it goes a little deeper. It says, but how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? So in other words, you have to hear something. In order to believe something. And, and what, you, what you hear will affect your belief, which will cause you to speak, which will cause you to get the result. Because there is a connection between what you say and what you have in your life. Right? You guys could be sitting here going, man, I do not fear Anything that's going on right now, what between now and Sunday, just now, please don't do this. Go home and watch CNN for hours every day. Right? You'll, you'll come in here in a different place. Why? Well, because you've been hearing a whole bunch of stuff and it'll start to change your beliefs. That's why Jesus said, listen, take heed what you're hearing, who you're hearing, and how you're hearing. And guys... I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but are, can we honestly say, can, do you know what to believe anymore? You can't, yeah, I mean, it, the internet, the media, everything. But I could tell you this, this is why the Lord told me to get, get the news from his word. Because this never changes. See, the whole world system is designed to where you finally go, wait a minute, I don't even, I can't really trust anything that I'm hearing. And, and, and the enemy wants to bring that into the word of God. No, no, no. If God said it, you could bet your life on it because it's truth, right? So it says here, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So in other words, and then it says, how shall they preach except they be sent? Man. Now, this really sheds light on the office that I stand on in, in, in as a pastor. Because there's a lot of ladies and men that get out of seminary and they go 
and they start preaching all kinds of nonsense. But you really can't proclaim unless you're sent. Right? So what will happen is God will send. He will send laborers. He places the fivefold ministry in the church. He, he literally will send you to proclaim the word of God. Why? So that people can hear it and believe it and speak and act on it and get the result of it. That's the way, this is the way it all works. So in other words, what we believe is a result of what we're thinking. Right? Well, well, what are we thinking? We're thinking what we've chosen to hear. That's why you got to be careful what you're hearing. Man, you know, you got to be real careful what you're hearing. If we think wrong, we will believe wrong, we will speak wrong, and we will get the wrong result. But oh, if we choose to hear right, we will believe right. And see, here's the thing. This is why we preach the same thing a lot different ways. Because it's not enough to just get a belief. You want to strengthen that belief to where you strengthen it so that you actually act on it. See, you hear truth and it's like, wow. But then as you meditate in the word of God, that belief will get so big on the inside of you that now you will call. It'll start to change your speech. It'll change what your, what your, what your actions are. That's how it works. It's a flow, in other words. So if we believe wrong, our confession will be wrong, which will take our life in a wrong direction. And see, sometimes people, people suffer loss. Christians suffer loss and they start blaming God. Why did this happen in my life? Why did you allow this? And God's going, no, 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 no. I have to allow what you allow because that's the way it's set up. God can't violate your will, right? I remember one time, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of stuff with uh, just in the professional sports arena and I was going to, they now play at the Staples Center, but they used to play at the Forum. And I was going to see a Laker game and, and do some things and, and I got lost. Right, back then I didn't have GPSs. In Southern California you had a Thomas Guide. My wife's laughing, she's like, how did you ever find your way home? You know, I mean, I mean this thing is like massive, you know, and you're flipping from this page to this page. And I don't know where I was, but I was, I mean, I was in the middle of, I had no idea, right? Well, what happened? I got off at the wrong exit. If you follow the word of God, you'll never get off at the wrong exit. The Holy Spirit is your guide. He'll always make sure you're in the right place at the right time. With the right heart doing the right thing. Always. But here's the thing. Sometimes... If you look at, you're driving down the little highway of life and the Lord goes, get off here. And you're like, no, I, I want to go to the beach. 
I don't want to get off here. It snows here. <laughs> right? Now, I know you're laughing, but you're laughing with me because you know you've got off at the wrong exits before. Or sometimes the exit looks like, yeah, that's dangerous. To be honest with you, how sometimes you know it's God is it's way beyond you. It's, it's a place where if God doesn't move in the natural, you'd be in trouble. A lot of times that's the leading of the Lord. We'll get into some of that. How you know the voice of God. Man, God's direction for your life. Because see, your eye can't see this plan he has for you. Your ear can't hear it. It's not really entered into your mind the incredible things that God has for you. I mean, think about Abraham. So Abraham, father of faith, has this son. The son is the joy. I mean, Isaac is growing up, and as a young man, I mean, or as a young boy, Abraham's going to sacrifice him on an altar, and Isaac had to do this. Yeah, okay. I mean, could you imagine that conversation? Isaac, the Lord told me to do this, but he said in you all, everything would be blessed, so you're... God's going to raise you back from the dead. And Isaac would have had to be like, okay. I mean, that's character. He saw his dad do all this stuff. Well, Abraham went through a famine. And when famine hit the land, God told Abraham, get to Egypt. And so he went to Egypt and lived through the famine. But now years later, Isaac's all grown. And another famine hits the land. And God tells Isaac, don't go to Egypt. Could you imagine Isaac going, what? No, 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 God. Uh, I mean, don't, right? No, God, it's a, it's, a, it's a famine. And I'm a farmer. That means everything's going to die, so I have to go to Egypt. But Isaac, Isaac stayed and didn't go this time. And the Bible says, could you imagine in famine the people watching these crops grow? I think, is it the Golan Heights in Israel? It's hilarious. I, I have never been to that area of Israel, but they say literally they produce something like 90% of all the fruits and everything for, for Europe. And, what, and they have rose gardens around all these massive fields. They do that because the bugs will attack the rose gardens and not attack the fields and they're plush. And then if you go right over, as soon as you go right past that into Syria, it's just rock, desert, unfruitful. The blessing of the Lord. See, see, we can't lean on our own mind's conclusions. So, to understand this fully, we've got to look at the parable of the sower. So let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to actually start in verse 9. And we have to go through this parable because, first of all, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable you will not understand any of the parables. And this is how this whole deal works. We're talking about our words, the importance of them. Everything in your life is dependent upon the words that come out of your mouth being the words that God speaks. So in Mark chapter 4, in verses 3 through verse 8, Jesus is with a group of people and he tells them this parable. He speaks this parable, right? Verse nine, and at the end of it, he said, 
And he said unto them, he that has ears to hear, this word here means to give your full attention to, to the point to where when you're hearing it, you are, you've already made the decision, I will do whatever it says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? So in other words, this verse 9 is the key to the whole parable. We see in Romans chapter 10 that somebody is sent, somebody proclaims the word of God so that people could hear it, believe it, speak it, and get the result of it. So now we have the sower here. He that, hears, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. This literally is the mystery of the kingdom of God. In other words, the whole parable is based on hearing the word. Well, why are you talking about that, Pastor? I thought you were talking about the importance of words. I am. Because if you don't hear the word, you'll never be able to speak the word. Right? we got to understand how this works. So verse 10. So, so he, he tells the parable... Verses 3 through 8, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. Guys, have a great evening. We're dismissed. And then he leaves. Okay? So now, verse 10, and when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve. So Jesus and the twelve, and there was a group that went with all of them. They were a lot like Joshua. Moses goes in the tabernacle, Joshua's right there. It's, it's, what, I, what we're doing right now is we're showing you the difference between somebody who listens to the word of God and somebody who hears, who has ears to hear. If you're going to talk right, you've got to hear right. So this group of people, they came to him and they said, listen, Jesus, awesome message. Can you explain that? Because I, I, I need to understand this. You're, you're talking about seed, wayside, stony, thorny, good. Okay, heard it, but I, I don't really understand it. They, they stayed around to have him, and they, they're like, Jesus, can you explain that? In other words, they were hungry. You think you get something in these services? I challenge you to go home and sit down with your phone, with a computer, with your Bible and a notepad. Make sure you have a little ruler because, man, you can't underline those scriptures without a ruler. You have the line. Your pastor might accidentally look at your Bible and go, oh, my gosh, right? You get get a nice, you know, Jack Furbishay told me about this years ago. Archival ink pen doesn't ever fade doesn't bleed through, right? Get it at Blick, it's the way to go, right? And, uh, and, and then you listen with a notepad and you listen and you outline and you look it up and you underline and you write the Greek words down and as you're listening, you'll be amazed at what you hear because it'll be a lot more than what I'm saying. All of a sudden, the Lord will speak to you about another scripture and another scripture and you'll put that in your notes and by the time you get done, You'll go, wow. This wasn't a message that Pastor Tony preached now. Now this is a message that I have. 
And I understand it. So this is, this is what happens to people who have ears to hear. I listen, I listen to stuff from Kenneth Hagin. He went home to be with the Lord in 2003, right? Sat under his ministry for a couple years at Rama, you know, several times a week. Man, was, was privy ever since, from 1980, that's when I first heard of him. I heard, his, I, I don't even remember what the message was, it's the first time I ever heard faith. It like jumped out of the cassette and slapped me in the face three or four times. I'm like, wow. I would wear those cassettes out, right? Just amazing. So, so you have ears to hear, and I'm telling you, revelation will start coming. Verse 11, and he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Time out. I thought Jesus Christ was no respecter of persons. So now he's talking about, well, you're my special group, but the ones that are without are not special. I just say everything in parables. No, no, let's read it in context. What's the context? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, them that are without, it is them that are without ears to hear. God wants everybody to hear. That seeing, so now it tells you what a listener is like. That seeing, they may see and not perceive. In other words, they won't really know and understand. They can quote the scripture, but they never seem to be able to stand to lay hold of it. But when you hear it, it's mine, I have it now. And through faith and patience, I received the promise because I never let it go. Right? And hearing they may hear and not understand. Hearing they may hear, this is a different word here, but they don't understand. They're not able to comprehend. This Greek word means I, I don't comprehend it. I can't put it together. This is what's really amazing. It's amazing when all of a sudden all the dots connect and you just go, wow. God really does love me, right? This is huge. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to explain to you how the whole kingdom of God operates. The basis of how everything operates in my kingdom. In other words, the God of heaven wants you to know the pattern that unlocks everything. And it's right here. The pattern that unlocks everything. Verse 12. That seeing they may see and not perceive. Hearing they may hear and not understand. Wow. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. In other words, if you look at these first few verses, God, he wants us to have everything that Jesus provided for us. However, as a wise father, he knows something. He knows that a total commitment on our part is going to be necessary to hold up against all that the enemy will throw at us. That's how come you have to choose to have ears to hear. Have you, you, you can bring a course to water. You can't make them drink. See, God knows 
when you're hearing his word, the enemy's coming. So he's like, you have to be hungry. You have to really, really hear it. You have to give it. And, and this is the thing, guys. To hear, you got to give it your, whole, your, your first priority in life. You give it your full attention. If, you're, if the word of God doesn't have your full attention, you're not going to hear it. Right? So keep that in mind. Verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how will you know all parables? In other words, to understand all parables, you have to understand this one. And here is the parable. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. In other words, the word of God is likened to a seed that is sown into the hearts of people. The word is, is likened to a seed that is sown into the hearts of people. So in other words, you have the, your heart is soil. Your heart is the soil where the word of God can take root and grow and produce a harvest. You're not to produce the harvest. So give yourself a break. You, 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 you don't have to change your life. You can't. The word of God can. You don't have to heal your body. Your healing is not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon the word. And the word never fails. So, so be comforted by that. Right? Luke chapter 8 verse 11 is Luke's account of this parable. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So what's interesting is we're going to see that the sower sowed the same seed in every ground. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. There are believers that literally... God's not first in their life. They're living their own life. They're distracted, all this stuff. But God will still, he'll sow the word into them. Even though he knows it's not going to take root. But he's no respecter of persons. Because remember, how does this whole thing operate? It's whosoever will, let him come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. God, God wants everybody to know this. And that's what's so exciting. Man, you cannot tell in the Bible where a person started, where you can't tell where they're going to end up based on where they started. It's not how you start this race. It's how you finish this race. So you haven't messed it up. If you could fog a mirror, you haven't messed it up. And God could clean everything up that you might have messed up. Boy, Satan doesn't want you to hear that. Right? I love that. The seed, though, we're going to see, produces different results based on the soil. So think about that. The incorruptible word of God, which is God's very word, is limited by the type of soil. But wasn't Jesus, why did Jesus, why does it say in the word of God that Jesus went to his own hometown and he could there do no mighty works except heal a few with minor ailments? The actual, the word of God in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and went to his hometown. And the word of God could do very little because of their unbelief. The soil. You see that? This is the way, this is the, way the whole deal works. The results, in other words, are not dependent upon the seed 
they are dependent upon the soil. The seed is unlimited. It's an unlimited seed. The only thing I could tell you is the seed of the word of God will produce more than you could even wrap your brain around. It might, that's how come it takes God a while to really move us. We have to kind of go here and then we go here because if he showed you, okay, this ultimately is what I really want you to be doing in the earth, you'd be like, Are you, you can't be talking to me, right? But it's precept upon precept. And this, is, this explains why people get different results. The parable deals, this whole parable is dealing with the condition of our hearts when we receive the word. The condition of your heart will determine your words ultimately. So if you want to change your words, change the soil of your heart. Real easy to do. Real easy to do. In other words, the word of God in us is what produces fruit. So now let's look at the first ground. Verse 15. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Time out, pastor, you've told me Satan can't even touch our heart. Yeah, you got to go a little deeper into the language. It says Satan comes immediately and takes away. That Greek phrase takes away means he makes the person doubt. In other words, they hear the word, but then they go to the doctor on Monday and they get a report that the tumor grew. And it's no longer stage three, now it's stage four. And they're like, oh, they doubt the word, right? He's a, in other words, he's able to steal the word that you doubt, if he could make you doubt the word. Isn't that how Eve got in trouble? Right? Matthew 13, 19, you don't have to turn there, just stay in Mark. Matthew 13, 19 says this, Matthew's account of this parable. When, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So in other words, wayside ground represents people with no interest in God who get no results. I go to church, I, gotta, I, I hit the time card, but I really, I live my own life and I kind of only go when I feel like it. I only read my Bible when I feel like it, right? It, it's just, I really don't have an interest in God. And you're going to see this as you're discipling people. It's sad. That's how come, don't chase people, just love them and just let them know that whenever they're ready, you're ready. But until they're ready, there's nothing going to happen. Satan is able, is, in other words, is able to take the word of God away from you when you neglect the word of God. If you keep listening, if you keep feeding on the word, if you keep watering the word of God, then Satan can never take it because you will never doubt it. You keep listening, feeding, and watering. Amen? Verse 16 of Mark chapter 4. These are they likewise which are on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. 
and they have no root in themselves. So, and, and, and maybe you'll see this in your own life. I know I, there's been times with me, you're sitting in church and you get your answer. You're like, wow, that's my answer. And you get all excited about it, but you have no root in yourself. This word root means moisture. In other words, they stopped watering the word through teaching, through meditating in it. So they had no moisture. In other words, they heard it, but then they left and they went out just living their own life, never, never thinking about it, never doing it. You're not watering the word of God, right? I'm telling you, these messages, if you ever hear a person preaching the word under the anointing, it'll get better every time you listen to it. You listen to these messages 10, 15 times, there's messages that I've listened to 50 times. One message. I mean, but, but you get more because it's limited. It's, it's limitless. It's amazing. They have no root. In other words, they were unwilling to water the word of God. They have no root in themselves, no moisture in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, not if, but when. Affliction. This means a test, a trial. It's, it, these tests and trials will produce, they'll produce in the person an attitude that says it's just too hard. You know, I, do you know people have come to our church before? And man, they'll start sitting and they'll start growing and then their washing machine will break down and, you know, things start happening in their life and finally they're just like, yeah, I, I, I'm out. I, you know, I, 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 I'm just going to kind of live my life where that, that word stuff doesn't work. Because I tried it, but man, all hell started breaking loose in my life. Don't, don't worry about all hell breaking loose in your life. All hell is going to break loose in your life anyway. But you want to be ready for it. Because when you get ready, you're like, bring it. Because you're not doing anything in my life. Right? It says, or persecution. Persecution. Have you ever had somebody tell you? Well, who do you think you are? Why do you get healed? Persecution. Right? Why does this come? Affliction and persecution. It comes, it arises for the word's sake. Oh, you mean Satan is not coming with affliction and persecution to come at you. No, 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 no. He really is not aiming at you. He's aiming at the word. I'm too tired to go to church. That's okay, unless God's stirring you to come. I'm too tired to read my Bible. I'm too tired to meditate. You know, I'm just, I just, that, so what happens is, is these thoughts, yeah, you're too tired, you're too tired. Because what Satan, is he trying to mess with you personally? No, he's trying to get you to have no moisture on the inside of you so that, so that when this affliction and persecution arises, for the word's sake, what happens is immediately they are offended. Immediately they are entrapped, they are tripped up, and they, caused, they are caused to distrust what they should be trusting, the word of God. Right? 
So Luke's account says this in Luke 8, 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. These have no moisture, no root, no moisture, which for a while believe, but in a time of temptation fall away. So stony ground, this is real simple. Just keep watering the word. Keep speaking it. Keep, keep watering it. Keep listening to it. Right? This person has stopped watering the word through hearing teaching and meditating in God's word. The watering of the seed is the only thing that will cause you to withstand the pressure of affliction and persecution. Thank you for coming Wednesday night. So glad you're here. Here's your future. Affliction and persecution. Right? But the only thing that will cause you to withstand it is watering the word. So your job, don't worry about affliction and persecution. That person that's saying, who do you think you are? Once that healing manifests in your physical body, they'll be coming around three years later going, hey, I'm, I just got this diagnosis. Tell me what, right? Everything, everything God does in your life Everything the word produces in your life will bear fruit. Verse 18, let's keep going real quick. I'll finish this up. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but now look at what happens. They hear the word, but then the cares of this world. Now, I could tell you this. This is the predominant thing. The thorny ground is a big one, or stony ground is a big one because people don't, they don't meditate in it. But this is an even bigger thing distractions they hear the word and here's what happens the cares of this world what does that cause you to say i don't have time man i'd really like to go to church but i don't have time i'd really like to serve here but i don't have time and i you know i i'd love to read my bible more but i just don't have time the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches what will that do That'll get you to put your job first, your career, or put the things of your life before the word of God, which causes you as a Christian to be off balance. And the lusts, which means the desire of other things. See, the desire of other things, they just, this is what, they produce an attitude in a person that just says, you know, I just don't want to put God first. I'm just, that's just not, that's not what I want in life. But it says this, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust or the desire for other things, entering in, choke the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. Notice, Satan doesn't steal the word, the cares, the desire for other things. In other words, all these distractions in our normal life will choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So the commentary, here's the Tony Finley commentary on these two verses. The desire for the things of this world become greater than the desire to continue giving your attention to the word of God. Don't let that happen in your life. This person mixes everything in their life with the word. This person is not totally committed, right? Choosing to hear wrong things chokes the word. 
This is talking about a way of life. Satan is not taking the word of God. There are no works. There's no corresponding action. So faith is barren. In other words, the attention that you give God's word will determine what you have. For tonight's message, the attention you give God's word will determine ultimately what you say. Right? Verse 20, these are they which are sown on good ground. Thank God, pastor, it's about time you got to verse 20. Can you be more positive, right? Such as hear the word and receive it. This means they approve it, they take it up, and here's the key, they continue in it. I'm not letting it go. Right? And, it, and bring forth fruit, the word brings forth fruit. Now look at this though, some 30, some 60, and some 100. You get different results. The word of God, even in good ground, will produce different results based on your attitude towards the word. What do you mean, pastor? Well, do you want to do you want to get 30-fold? That's good. Or do you just want to just be so sold out, man? I'm a 60. I'm choosing. I want 60. Or you read this and go, no, go big or go home. I'm going to seek this with all my heart. I'm a hundredfold ground. Amen. You determine, you determine what you get out of the word. Isn't that good news? See, because God's word's unlimited. I love the way God set this up. And he said to them, take heed, verse 24, take heed what you hear. It's the word tis. It means take heed who you hear. With what measure you meet or with what measure you measure, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that has ears to hear, to him, or it says here, for he that has, and it's talking about ears to hear, to him shall be given. He that has not ears to hear, from him shall be taken even that which he has. And he said, Jesus said this now, so is the kingdom of God. So hear this. I'm going to go about two more minutes. So, so is the kingdom of God. In other words, this is how the kingdom works. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knows not how. You don't have to know how it works to have your kidney healed, your heart, right? God is able to give the increase to that which you keep first place in your life. If you keep it first place, he can bring increase. The difference is our attitude and diligence to the things of God. God created our human spirit to grow healing and to grow all the things promised in the word. Everything you need, your heart has been created to grow it. This is why you got to be planted in the church where God wants you planted. This is why you need to live where you're supposed to live. I almost became a Calvary Chapel pastor in Southern California. Almost did. But when I was going to tell my pastor about that, 
I picked up this magazine, didn't even know what it was. I turned the page and here's Rama Bible Training Center. So I'm so thankful that I went there because that's where there was seed sown into me. I'm so glad that I went to churches where God led me because seed was sown into me to produce my specific harvest. That's why the Holy Spirit will get you in the right place at the right time. And the enemy's going to try to divide you from everybody who will help you. Man, our, my pastor in Southern California, because of the worthlessness in me, his personality rubbed me so the wrong way. There were times when I would feel warm fuzzies at the thought of driving his head through a wall because of things he said to me. And that was all coming from my worthlessness. And I am so thankful because I could tell you today, I love that man. He is, I, I honor him everywhere I go and always will because he is my pastor and he would speak things that equipped me. Everything that's happening here today, he has a big, big part in it. Well, no, Brother Hagen did it, Rayma. Oh, listen. Rhema was where I was supposed to go for a short season, but he poured into me. Amen. Same with Jeanette. She learned how to do everything. We didn't know how to pioneer a church. We learned it all because of them. You are the only one that can grow something in your spirit. And you choose what type of ground you are. Right? Wayside, stony, thorny ground did not take the word personally. Right? Good ground takes the word personally. This, I can't, I can't stress this enough. So how do you get hungry? Well, you're, I've got good news for you if you're around this church, right? Get, get around Angela. Angela, lift up your, just get around her. She won't even have to say anything to you. You'll just start getting hungry. Why? Because she's hungry. Right? Get around Phineas. I mean, I could point at all you guys. This is the thing. And what happens though, as you start feeding, you will start hungering more. So if you're sitting here today and you're not hungry at all, you start feeding and you start going to the Lord and saying, listen, I am a hundredfold ground. From this moment on, I am good ground. I'm going to hear your word. I'm going to take it up. I'm going to continue in it. And I'm gonna, I, I won't settle for 60-fold. No, no, no. I want everything, God. I want to know you. Yeah, we might not know how to make it all work and how to put it all together. We don't have to. We just keep watering it. We keep giving it first place. Man, that seed goes into the ground. Farmers... You don't have to know how it grows, right? But it'll grow and produce a harvest. Guaranteed, amen?